Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. And did we chug a beer? <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading The Dark Tower 2, The Drawing of the Three. You honky mofa. Uh, <laughs> what is this beer for? <laughs> and someone's starting with a beer. So the book starts with the gunslinger just suddenly like wakes up on a beach but he knows but this is just after talking to the guy which so he knows now that he needs to find the dark tower but do you think if he asked for directions they would have said you can't get there from here (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) this is you can't get there from here a Goza brewed with key lime and kumquat. Is that from Burlington Brewing Company? Yes, which is not in Maine. Also, you can't get there from here is a saying from Maine, uh, where Stephen King lived for most or all of his life. Except for those cocaine years, he doesn't know where he was. (laughs) He wrote this book during cold cocaine years. Yes, for sure. Cocaine years. Oh, yeah. Um, It is not as tart. As I was afraid it was going to be. Um, but it's still tart. It's definitely a goza. Yeah. It's uh it goes it's down amazing smooth. how the key lime and kumquat didn't make it significantly even more sour. But it's uh yeah. You know what? It's hot lime, today. Like key lime's usually pretty sweet, isn't it? If it's in pie form. Does does it <laughs> exist in non pie form? Well he just Is a key lime a kind of lime? Yes. It's a lime that can open things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, key lime is a specific type of lime. Okay. I thought it was just like a, this is how we eat pie in Florida thing. With keys. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to have to lock me up from all these pies. <laughs> anyway, so the, so the beer's good. Yeah. For and it's quality. very hot today. So this is, you know, the quite core. refreshing. So, the man in black... Oh, fucking... What's his name? Roland. The man in black is Roland, dead. Yeah, the yeah, man in black of. is dead, and you have his, his jawbone in, in his purse. Um, <laughs> it's all, a satchel. It's a European male organizer. <laughs> he, he calls it his purse at one point. Oh, he calls it a um, purse all the time. So, Roland wakes up, and I was... I, you know, I, I actually re-listened to our episode on the first one after a few pages of it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? He just starts off with him fighting a lobster. Like, that's, that's a big lobster, though. <laughs> a it's a lobstrosity. It's a lobster monstrosity. So he calls it that on like page one, and then every time after that, he calls it a lobstrosity. And you know what? I I approve. But it's like totally fine. So Stephen King, like, how do I start this in an exciting way? I know lobsters. Lobster attack. Lobster. <laughs> They'll he never was, see it He's coming. living in Maine, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's seen some things, man. So, it, the lobster bites off half of Roland's hand, basically. His shooting hand. And one of his toes. And uh, and I guess he has to go through the rest of the series now like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really handicapping for, him from the get-go. And, uh, and he also is just feverish for the rest of the book. And that will be important. He will have to get medication multiple times for his lobster wounds. <laughs> you got lobster fever. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that goes on for a while of him just fucking 
fighting a lobster and then being sick. And eventually, there's a, he has to go... The, the title, The Drawing of the Three, he has to, like... Jimmy, you could, you could fill in the, the rest of the blanks. I, this is what I remember. He has to find the three people <laughs> to do his next step, right? He has That's to gather his party. Yes, he, he doesn't know it. what it means yet or who they are or how. But it's three, and then the man in black showed him the tarot cards in the last book, right? Like, the prisoner, the something. The Lady of Shadows. And death. And so he has to but go not find for you. Oh my god. Right. The ladies the Lady of Shadows is black. Oh yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. Oh no. I just realized that. You just realized that? <laughs> oh, it's Stephen King is known for his subtlety, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> the subtlety uh, of a blimp covered in hammers and asbestos. So <laughs> while um while uh, the man in black, no, not the man in black. What's the name? Roland is like lying on the sand dunes, recovering from his wounds. Except not recovering because he actually has a, you know, gangrene. Yeah, he's like he's hallucinating. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not kosher. So, <laughs> so Roland's he's Jewish, like. Yeah. He's slowly like losing. He well, he thinks he must be losing his mind because there are these like doors that like open up or like he, he sees, opens, he sees he, a door. He's a door. He's literally like on the beach and he sees literally just a doorway, just a door, like like literally an oak door or a wooden door. And when he opens it, he doesn't. He can do more than one thing with the door. One of which is not go through it, but instead. Enter the mind of the person on the he, other side of the door. He finds a series of John Malkovich doors. <laughs> That's really what happens. And the rest of the book is about becoming a puppeteer. Yeah. This was the working draft of being John Malkovich. <laughs> it was being a junkie slash legless black lady. Malkovich. Malkovich. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... The first, so the so at first he sort of like enters into the mind of a person who's literally living in 1980s America, like not Roland's like Wild West, you know, post-apocalyptic Wild West thing. Instead, it's this guy who's living in 1980s America, but he's actually on a flight, and so he's sitting in an airplane. And so Roland suddenly can like inhabit the mind of this guy and see his um see what he's seeing. see his like see his seat and like his the trade table in front of him but um Roland who's doesn't know anything about that stuff because he lives in his like fantasy world is like that is strange and you know he thinks that the nurse because she's wearing a uniform is in the military yeah but you also get this whole like backstory of the guy who's the first the the first one who's the prisoner and whose real name was Eddie? Eddie. Eddie what? Eddie, Eddie Dean. Dean. Air in my head Jimmy is Dean. always just going to be Aaron Paul for some reason. Yeah, yeah you okay. can see that. <laughs> Maybe just because he has two first names. But he's also like the yeah, Ricky Bobby, the druggy Bobby, yeah. <laughs> dummy guy. Yeah, that too. This whole and you get this whole like backstory. Actually, you know what? I read it two weeks ago, so now I can't remember if. Well, it's a Roland story of... knows it, or if it's like told in like separate passages. It's of, told like, in separate just passages. Eddie Dean. Oh. Okay, just Eddie Dean's like backstory, where he's Stephen like King a thing. smart kid. He's a bra- he's only like twenty one, but he's he was always smart. He's also very handsome. 
All the ladies really like him, but he is got surprised. He's not a writer. Got addicted to drugs. Then he has gone over to London to pick up some cocaine and be a cocaine mule. I thought he went to went one of the Caribbean islands. I don't know oh, really? if it really even matters. It doesn't it really, really does Okay, matter. he went somewhere. He's coming he picked, back picked to up New the York. cocaine, and he's got the cocaine, like, literally stashed under his shirt, like, literally taped to his chest under his shirt. He's um, wearing this a was special of course, shirt that has cocaine pockets under his armpits. <laughs> and but it's still th- taped to him. But it's just the way it's uh, it was described. It's like, I thought they were, like, the shirt was tailored in a way to make it look natural, even when you... Have cocaine taped to you? So it looked like he had an incredible <laughs> lymph node swelling. Yeah. So I just have bubonic plague, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one will look at you closely then. And so he... There's like all this stuff about that. And, and then essentially, you know, he's got to try and get through customs. This was, of course, before 9-11, in which case you could pretty much just walk up to the airplane and say, hey, can I buy a ticket? And they'll let you on. So... It wasn't that hard to do, probably. No, he just walked right in. This is also deep in uh, Stephen King's cocaine phase, so he might actually know something about this. <laughs> Not that I'm suggesting he personally. It's unlikely he was, but where mule. did he get all his drugs? The, the big main, main coke scene, of course. And Would banger. you say that he got it from? <laughs> The guy, the guy who's Eddie's working for, a juice lord. <laughs> Balazar the juice lord. Juice lord. This is juice lord from Lord Hobo. Um, that's eight percent, right? Six. It's six percent. Lord Hobo. Right um, and it's a IPA. Yeah. Huh. It's it's, it's a sweeter than I expected. I don't know why. It's good, but it is. It's almost got like a. Maybe I'm losing my mind, but it's got like a almost like a light strawberry flavor, but not like when they put berries and shit. Just like the hops have made a berry-like substance That's happen inside me. It is. Thing. It's very confusing. Gasp, rasp, berry. Oh, anyway, anyway. So should we say these beers are brought to us by supporters over at Patreon? Is it time for that? Might as well be. I this guess. Is a, this is a special episode. This they is a full episode. They chose this for us. So they, the people at Patreon, want to support the podcast. Um, if you want to join their esteemed group, you can head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, where you can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shit mailed out to you, vote in our monthly book poll, which this was the winner, and of course, get shouted out on that book poll. Uh, this month, our theme was series that we've started which one should we do the next book on? <laughs> very creative theme and this one by a pretty wide margin i believe uh, but we needed to thank those fine people and it's nate's turn and i'll be posting one in the chat for you nate i would like to thank oh god good luck beatrice rachel maurice nin courtney anita c Dix, <laughs> william sophia book slut maria david Derek, Carol, Sarah, Nick, Joseph, Jeff, Yolande, Hunter, Jennifer. It's amazing just how many breeds of dogs there are <laughs> and the difference between uh, and the difference between all their gag reflexes. <laughs> Nate, why would you say that in the middle of listening to our patrons? 
Just wanted to tell us before we forgot. <laughs> Thank you for your donation. Uh, please tweet <laughs> at WKC Dogs Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> Let Nate judge the hottest dog carrot. Car- Oh, God. Let Nate judge the hottest dog category, or at least run the wet t-shirt contest. (laughs) (sighs) At least the dogs are alive this month. (laughs) But do they want to be? Uh, Anita, Barry, Julian, Alec, many scrotes. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) The Drunk Guys Book Club is proud to announce his first spin-off podcast, a podcast of Amontillado hosted by Nate and his good and his good and intoxicated friend Mel Gibson. <laughs> In episode one, <laughs> Nate and Mel share who they think was responsible for the war in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> the answer will not surprise you in the slightest. So hold on to your yarmulkes. Also, if you want to support the show, check them out over on Hatreon. Now back to the show. Well, that's a name. That's, a, that's a like that birth certificate needed like extra space. That is filling out forms is amazing. amazing. Okay, I'd also like to thank. Yeah, right. Please sign your middle name. Which one? Okay, I'd also like to thank Russell, Grace, Catherine, Colton, Constance. Oh, Constance. Constance penis breath (laughs) Steven Some are subtler than others I don't even know who this Okay Mike, Nate, and Jimmy eat Berea tacos out of each other's B-holes What tacos? Who told him that? What kind of tacos? Oh, Berea Oh, those, yeah, those are good Berea Yeah (laughs) Especially, you know where. Okay. Yeah, I signed up for this spicy. Patreon. Well, I signed up for this Patreon while having diarrhea at my parents' house. Joe, Crab, <laughs> Michael, Daniel, Hayden, emotional support burrito, and CL. Nice. Well, oh yes, that's uh, there you go. Uh, well, took, took, took uh, time from taking care of his newborn child to make that name up. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a thought that counts. Well, uh, thank you, patrons. Some of you. <laughs> Some are thank some thank, thank some of you more than others. So Eddie is on the plane, and the Rand Roland kind of half puppeteers him to get through because he can like talk to him and he can hear him in his head. But he can also control his body if needed. And they get like wearing for, a skin it's like, suit. Oh, this incredibly long fucking drawn out thing of him trying to figure out how to get the coke off of the plane through customs because the stewardess suspects that this guy is weird somehow. And he's um, tweaking. Well, yeah, cause he's um, a heroin addict, right? So he's doing this in part to get more heroin. Like that's his deal with the comical mob boss that you'll meet later. Balazar. But there's a funny thing here that like, it's just, if you're like, this is weird. Like all of a sudden turns into like a, a thriller, don't uh, with a with a drug theme. Don't worry, Stephen King lets you know that he's still writing this book. And they talk about Eddie. Eddie had stopped arm popping a month ago. Henry, his brother, who we'll meet later, couldn't have done that, and that was one of the reasons it had been Eddie. It had to be Eddie to do this job. When he absolutely had to fix, 
he had taken it very high on his upper left thigh, where his left testicle lay against the skin of his leg. So Stephen King just needs to tell us that this guy shoots up on his ball pet, you know, bed, <laughs> part of his thigh. Which that's not even like. How do you find a vein there? That is not an easy spot to find a vein. Probably but while you're pooping and the strain of it. You just gotta. You, you put a. You tie off at the hip. Like how do you? Is <laughs> where your that? belt real small. And so you're like, oh yeah, Stephen King wrote this book. I forgot. <laughs> Didn't even mention right. that he's Jahoobies. Guy's got to talk about his uh, testicles. Oh, there's also some other funny ones earlier in the book. Uh, the scene, like right after the fight scene with the lobster. It's a really big lobster. It's a fucking huge lobster. It's a six foot long lobster. It's not the only thing that's huge. That it's like a, from the fucking Cambrian era. But the only, <laughs> <laughs> the only, only it's not the only the biggest thing there because, um, I like this line about the gunslinger guy. Uh, he's he's in freezing cold water. His eyes flew open, and what snapped out of uh, snapped him out of the dream wasn't his freezing balls, which had suddenly shrunk down to what felt like the size of walnuts. How big is this man's balls? <laughs> Holy shit! That's they shrunk shelled down. or unshelled. Well, it's not clear, but like sh- unshelled have the texture of balls, <laughs> so it's confusing. <laughs> but his, his balls shrink down to walnuts. He, no wonder he walks like it's like a like a cowboy movie from the you know sixties. Despite he has having these no horse. giant cantaloupe sized testicles, just, he has to. Like he has elephantitis. <laughs> he can't walk properly. <laughs> He's got constant thigh rub. <laughs> chafe raw. And then after, and there's no baby powder in this future. No. And then after he gets his fucking fingers chopped off and met Fredman this. He has the thought, well, I jerked off with the other hand, so thank God for that, I guess. If you're alone a lot, you know, you're, you're going to think about it. But there's no, then, you know, Chekhov's gone, you know. He never then jerks off in the book. It's really... You don't know that yet. Disappoint. Uh, not in this one. <laughs> well, he's pretty sick this whole time. What better time? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stephen King, you know, is the kind of writer where he has, like, the concept for a book and then gets his typewriter and his cocaine and just starts typing. <laughs> and then and you so know where everyone's balls he are. Doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't have a plan. So he doesn't have this intricate plot, you know, outlined that he's making before he starts writing. So details like that that, you know, in another writer you would come would be, you know, previewed, would be... Edited? Uh, no, um, foreshadowed in the beginning, oh. and then, you know, come back later. Stephen King doesn't do all those things, so... Yeah, there's a special name for that type of writer. A bad one. <laughs> he fucking doesn't plan. We talk about the balls. Speaking of balls, to say, I'm going to write a grand epic story and plan nothing. Yes. What arrogance (laughs) so i think plenty of writers actually write this way because until you until you have an idea you know when you have an idea then you've got to come up with the story but that's sometimes really hard sometimes you just have to like start writing and see what happens i think a lot of writers just kind of do write that way in fact even george rr martin does actually write that way as well Except he has some plan well also he has a little bit of a plan they also go back and fix things yes. and edit That's them and, editing. and add stuff in to foreshadow. And Stephen will be like, nah, it's good, man. I'm good. 
and print. <laughs> yes, yeah, and this is it's like writing a paper the night before it's due. <laughs> and file print. I hope it's good enough because class is in two hours. I did fifteen um, pounds of Adderall. I understand, like you know, sometimes you got, but like typically writers will do that with a scene or something. <laughs> like they're not going. Let me start a four thousand page story. <laughs> Just see I, I where think, I go. I think it's probably so, it probably is more common than you think. Some writers, uh, apparently, they will literally, like, have a concept for the book, write the whole thing, and then they go, okay, now I know what I want to do. And then they throw it out and start again from page one. But that first one was them, like, basically telling the story to themselves, like, figuring out, like, what kind of story they want to tell. It's like, we just oh, read, I get we, it. we haven't done it yet, but we just, I mean, I don't know if you guys have read it yet, but I just finished Misery. And the whole thing is a guy writing exactly like that. It's clearly just, that's how Stephen King writes. And it's like, that's how we write. And it's like, his methodology is just like, well, he started off as like, no, this is no good. I'll start over. It's like, now, now I see what is good. Now I see what works. And he just takes it from there. Because it's like, like, a lot of writers, they say like, so, and like musicians too, artists, they'll say like, they're not, they don't always plan it out. Like they, they feel like something is, they're channeling something that's coming from somewhere else. And you know, it's not supernatural bullshit. I mean, it, it's not actually happening, but it is revealing itself to them, and they're just the vessel for it. And so, like, they don't know how it's going to end either. And so, they see what 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 would happen. This is what's going to happen, I guess. I I hear that, but I feel like you have to have, you still have a vague sense of what's going to happen. It's not a completely blank canvas. Sometimes it's for a. Three-minute song, sure, you could start strumming some guitar chords and humming some shit. And like, oh, that kind of works. That sounds nice. But for a person who at this point has written... I mean, the problem is he's never, like, learned... He's like a like a like when you try to, like, discipline a child or, like, tell them, like, hey, you can't do that. And they're like, why? I get away. And like, one day that won't work. <laughs> that has never happened to Stephen King <laughs> where it didn't work. Like, every one time he fucking shits out a book, people don't read it. So he's never learned the lesson. Like, man, I guess I should really plan this shit better. But he, to say, I don't I have a, I have I think it depends on the idea. writer. And there's I, some I, that I, will I, plan I, meticulously, but I think sure. I don't think it needs to be like storyboarded. But I, I think there are on. some that just say, "Let's see what the fuck happens." And I'm sure, I'm sure the others do a lot more fixing up, and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it reminded me of this quote from Neil Gaiman, who I think is kind of in between or maybe it varies on this project and what lunar blood ritual he went through with his wife or his wife recently. But uh, he says, once you get to the end you, and you know what happens, it's your job to make it look like you knew exactly what you were doing all along. Like that's yeah. his attitude. Like, but that's the job, the job part there. Stephen King doesn't do because at the end of the book, it's when he says cocaine instead. <laughs> <laughs> well, in his defense, he also starts with cocaine. <laughs> It's the, the bookends approach, but with cocaine. And cocaine is a flat circle. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Eddie uh, has to get out of this, and Roland's like, I can do um, interdimensional magic. So you're going to go into the bathroom, and I'll hide the cocaine in my world. In my dimension. And then you can go through customs. <laughs> and it becomes an interdimensional cocaine smuggling story for a little while. That's really the best way to smuggle cocaine. I'm sure as he was writing it, Stephen King was like, that'd be really cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get to that dimension. So then this isn't even the end. He has not even drawn the guy. Like he couldn't be like, Hey, just 
How about you just come to the fucking world now with the tower? How about you just hang out here? Nobody's going to notice if you don't exit the plane. Nope. But uh, just like, oh, I guess uh, nobody's going to notice. I mean, your 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 suitcase will still be there, but you're at the arrival airport. It hasn't exploded, so people won't be that. Oh, they just he just forgot to pick it up at the little co- conveyor. You know, so just stay here. But no, then you need a hundred pages of like gangster shootout stuff. Fucking massacre. <laughs> Where he's ass naked. Yeah, <laughs> butt naked <laughs> mafia showdown. While the I like the the mob boss guy Balazar, who builds houses of cards and then shushes people. <laughs> And dresses like a peasant. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like Stephen King watched, he like walked by a room where someone was watching The Godfather. And he's like, like that. <laughs> and then he just started typing. It's like the end of Scarface, but with more cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, that's how Stephen King was typing. <laughs> that amount of cocaine. It was like an anthill. <laughs> he thought Scarface was a documentary. <laughs> So then uh, Eddie's brother, Henry, who's his older Vietnam veteran brother, who is really strung out, um, like r- really dependent on, on heroin. And he's being held as like They're holding uh, him as collateral. basically like since Eddie lands and he doesn't get off the plane right away, the, de- the Bob bosses figure like he got busted. We better like go get his brother and make sure he doesn't like if he rats on us, we'll kill him. And so, oh, yeah. but then he... Of course, doesn't have the cocaine because it's stashed in another world. <laughs> um, and so the cops don't have anything on him, so they have to let him go. It's like Eddie got out of there too fast. Too fast to be have uh, gotten away with it and too fast to like not be snitching on us. So they're like, we took your brother. So And he's like, I've got all the cocaine still. I'm going to hide it. I hid it in a safe place, and I'm going to give it to him. I was like, we checked your butthole. It's not there. I don't know where it could possibly be. Um, they fist him. Oh, they fist him multiple times. I, everybody, everybody in every scene fingers Eddie's butthole looking for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it happens multiple times. I, I, I like um, when he's he Roland convinces him or like pilots him to the bathroom on the plane, and that's where he magically goes through the door to put the cocaine away. But the plane has landed, and everybody's there waiting for. In fact, the plane had already landed, and then he was about to run off the plane, and then everybody clearly knows Eddie's, like, fishy, and they're waiting for, you know, whoever, fucking drug narc guys to show up. And then he runs into the bathroom. He's like, I got a poo-poo. And then he (laughs) runs into the bathroom, and they're pounding on the door. They're going to break it down. It's very, like, long and not very suspenseful, just irritating scene. But he comes out, and the, the guys are like, what were you in there? He's like, oh, I was, you know, to take a big shit. And, and then they kick the door <laughs> in, and he's like pretending to take a shit. He's like, can't, can't anybody fucking knock anymore? <laughs> and uh, they look in the toilet, think there's no shit here. And uh, he has a great line. Sometimes you get lucky, and it's just a false alarm. <laughs> I let off a couple of real rippers, though. I mean, we're talking swamp gas. <laughs> If you lit a match in there three minutes ago, you could have roasted a Thanksgiving turkey. You know, it must have been something I ate before I got on the plane. It's like, this is a man who just found out that there are other dimensions and you could hide your cocaine in them. 
So I guess he doesn't really care about being polite to law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. And he, his whole character is he's, he's kind of an arrogant dickhead. Yeah. And a junkie. So, but, and a funny one, he always has to have funny lines, you know, that don't really matter or fit. So Eddie gets taken by the, arrested by the cops and then they can't find any drugs. So they have to let him go. But then gets picked up by the mob boss or the mob boss's henchman. And the henchman is like, you must have ratted on us because they would never have let you go. And he's like, they let me go because they didn't find the drugs. He's like, that's not possible because obviously it isn't possible. Except I have a very deep butthole. <laughs> <laughs> it's behind my teeth. So they bring in. Uh, well, they drive Eddie. him all over town, like all over most of the five boroughs. <laughs> and it's summer, maybe. This is Summer Elf from Five Burrows. Uh, I had this in my fridge, and I didn't want to go to the store today, and it fit good and, enough. And he was a mule, like a burrow. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> this is a summer ale. I don't know what that means. It's beer. Beer-flavored beer. It just beer. means it's a light ale. Five percent. There's, there's nothing specific. It's good. It's a very, you know... Nice, standard, beer-flavored beer. But summery. Just a little bit of sand in it mm. from the beach. Boy. And weird, like the cans are different color schemes, because I had one of these before I started this, and they're, like, slightly different. They're all a little bit different. Oh. I don't know why. Because they can. Because, because they, they fucking, fucking can. can. Oh, no, I'm wrong. Those pictures are just side by side. I've had a long day. <laughs> Oh, it's just, you it's, rotate it's the can? It's the you same the, thing. Uh, like, oh, they're all different. Uh, I need to sleep more. <laughs> I've had, but I have had beers where like the four packets, each one is like a different, yeah. slightly different artwork or different color or something. <laughs> uh, but it's good. And, uh, you know, so is uh, all the butthole inspections Eddie's getting. <laughs> he is loving them. I like so, when the Italian guy spits in his hand to do it. <laughs> well, you know, he's, he's, he's not a, He's not a monster. <laughs> He's like, boss, this guy shit on my hand. <laughs> so like, uh, Eddie go, gets picked up by the henchman of the mob boss, and they're like, where's our drugs? He's like, I've got it right here. So they literally like strip search him uh, and, and even do the cavity search. He's like, no, it's not here. He's like, I'm telling here. you, I can go into that bathroom right there, and, and I'll bring the drugs out to you. And when he does... The mob boss sends his like henchman dude in with him, and so Roland. But first, the mob boss says, "Hey, there's nowhere. Go look in there. And by the way, I have a secret hiding spot. Check there too, and you find out it's filled with kitty porn for no reason. And antibiotics. And it's there, and antibiotics, <laughs> which will come in handy. But the guy's like, "Just check my hiding spot. I got some personal documents in there." <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like fucking kitty porn magazines. And then he goes like, hey, boss, that's the boss wants. Huh? And so then he sends the guy in, the goon in with Eddie. Like totally naked, goes into the bathroom, shuts the door with the goon, though. And so at that point, Roland, with the door to the other dimension, brings both of them in onto the beach with the dead lobsters. And... Basically, like hands him no doesn't hand him the goat. Like literally, just takes the yeah takes the other guy and kills him. They have a shootout too. They have a slight shootout, but then Roland shoots his gun, 
and like directly it, into the chamber, into the barrel, or whatever the fuck the right word is, and he's gonna and, explode. With yeah, like a it makes his face into meatloaf. But he's not dead. He has to be then eaten by the lobsters alive as he gurgles. Which he could still talk with his hands though, because he's telling. <laughs> Ouch! Still perfectly understandable. Uh, so fungul, <laughs> and then there's like a thirty-page just like a battle scene. I mean, it's, it's like, like an Arnold movie. It's like Saving Private Ryan, but one of them's got his dick out with it, a completely naked Eddie yeah, and Eastern the Promises and Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, and true. they're just like literally open the door to the bathroom into the in, into the mob bosses thing, and they just like shoot everybody. They're like, oh, "How did that cowboy get into my bathroom with my kid porn?" And in the process, or shortly before this, Eddie's brother OD'd. Oh yeah, because they they gave him too much heroin, and then they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" And then the boss is like, "Who gives a fuck? I was gonna kill both those guys anyway." And then in the middle of this. Six and a half hour battle. Some guy stops to go cut the head off of Eddie's dead brother. While Paisanos are getting mowed down left and right. <laughs> He's like, hold on, let me find the hacksaw. <laughs> and saw the head off of this dead drug addict guy for dramatic effect. And like they shoot so many bullets that the building is no longer structurally sound, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the trees at Gettysburg that were like chopped down by bullets. It's yeah. like those support columns in the Matrix uh, scene. Oh yeah. <laughs> so in the process, everybody gets killed, but Eddie and the gunslinger don't get touched. Right? I don't think anything happens to them. Maybe one gets slightly nicked. The gunslinger is doing this all left-handed because his right hand. You know, he's lost his trigger fingers because he lost he lost fingers. the the middle the middle middle finger and the pointer finger, so he can't use his right gun anymore. He's just got the ticklers left. <laughs> he can talk on the hand phone though. <laughs> That's it. That's all he can do. He, he, he can, can say hello pant- and goodbye in California. <laughs> he can make pantomime phone calls. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Limited usefulness. Um, just there were so many stupid lines during this point, and this is a little bit after the point where, after the battle, when they're deciding, when Eddie's deciding what to do, and he says the gun to Roland, "Look at you sitting there and shaking like a man who's eaten an apple from the fever tree." (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that expression! (laughs) Just like Mom said growing up. (laughs) You see, Stephen, this is I. You see, I completely agree. When I'm like reading Stephen King, or more likely listening to the audiobook, I'm constantly like, "Is that a thing?" (laughs) He's having these like phrases and sayings and like sayings, and he's like, "I'm just gonna roll with it. People will get it. It's fine." (laughs) But it makes me feel like a person without life experience. These are all very local main. I'm always like, like, do the is this a thing people say? (laughs) Like. Like constantly, is that a thing? <laughs> it does. It happens almost every two pages. Yep. So ultimately, they kill. They, there's like, like some guys bring out like fucking automatic military grade rifles, and they still can't hit these two guys. Just one of my complaints about every action movie when they have teams of trained killers that can't hit the one hero. You know, kind of well, find space. Explain it away because it's a bunch Storm of like, dumb mob yeah. guys who have never used uh, like 
an automatic weapon. They don't realize that when you keep shooting it, it moves. And they're like, oh, my hand is so greasy from all the stromboli. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a real spicy meatball to shoot. <laughs> and then he gets meatballed in the dome. <laughs> so ultimately the fight ends, and Eddie's like, well, fuck it. I have nothing left to live for in this world, and uh, I'll go live in the lobster world. <laughs> and then they spend the next bunch of time he brings back the they bring back the antibiotics that keeps Roland alive a little longer while Eddie could just have fucking can go cold turkey as opposed to cool turkey which is what he was doing on the plane that was a lot of time oh doing cool turkey man warm turkey the safest temperature to eat deli meat <laughs> then we get into chapter or section two uh where we meet the Lady of Shadows, and my note was the Lady of Shadows, and I went, is black? (laughs) 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 Yeah. And it doesn't stop there, the fun. By the way, I think this, if you play um, like racial slur bingo, this book, (laughs) you'll fill your card, because... I can't know if I can think no, of just get a bingo. You will fill out every <laughs> yeah, single like, square. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think there's one I get anyone I could think of that wasn't in this. <laughs> <laughs> and gay ones to boot. You know, those are awesome. So you meet uh, Odetta, uh, Odetta Holmes, who is a wealthy heiress. I guess she right? comes she from hurt? teeth money. Yes. <laughs> in now, fifteen years or so earlier, right? It's early sixties, New York mm, during the civil rights. Mm. It's early 60s, I know, because, like, Kennedy just died. Yeah. That gets mentioned. And if I had read that Kennedy killing time travel book, I'm sure. I wouldn't wonder if there's any tie into oh, this 11, scene. 11-22-63. But she's rich, and she has Hollywood schizophrenia, where she has another personality that they don't know each other exists, and that one is creatively titled, uh, called Detta. And neither <laughs> personality has any legs. No. <laughs> Detta Walker, ironic. <laughs> best name. <laughs> so, Wheeler was someone with no legs. No so, wait, legs. when Odetta was young. The Irish one. Odetta. <laughs> somebody dropped a brick on her head. And so, that is what led to her having a, another personality because that's definitely how that works. And then, when she's an adult, Literally, like, two or three years before the 1964 events of this time travel book, she was pushed onto the subway, and the subway ran over her legs. And so she has no legs, like, below the knee. There's a lengthy scene where we have to get the backstory of the EMTs who Stephen save her. Everybody gets a backstory. But I like that one of them was uh, Julio Estevez, brother of Amelia, uh, talking <laughs> about, like... She seemed weird, right? And then these you know, the EMT guys identify her like, yep, that's schizophrenia if I've ever seen it. And, uh, and then everybody, everybody knows that because they, they watched one soap opera <laughs> where that was a plot device. It was a pretty common trope back then. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think, first of all, I don't think even schizophrenia is the right name for that psychological disorder. No, they've it's changed not. it since then. Schizophrenia is where you like see things and hear things that aren't there. Now it's DID. But colloquially, it is, they call it schizophrenia for decades. 
which is different, very this is distinct from multiple personality, whatever, which has been a plot and plot trope in many things. Yeah, but that's what she has. Just two, though. Just the two. Just her regular one and a very, very mean lady. An amazing who caricature. Even Stephen King says, or Eddie says, talks like a racist cartoon stereotype. <laughs> she talks like, remember the Mad TV sketch, That's My White Mama? <laughs> no, Did but I that? understand. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, on Mad TV with Artie Lang was on the show. There was a skit called That's My White Mama where he plays... It's like a, it's like a, the opening of a, a sitcom, like the sitcom that critics are calling the most racist thing I've ever seen. And so the plot was that he was a, you know, a white guy who hit a black woman with his car, and her ghost possessed his body now, Jesus and continued Christ. living her life. Christ. So it's already you got to look it up. It's amazing. It's already laying with like his hair in curlers, wearing a house dress. And he's just talking to his the black daughter of of the, the one that's like they're in sitcom situations. Where he's like, "Now you get out here, get me my menthols." And then it's like, "Oh, that's my white mom." <laughs> and then his the tagline was like, "I'm gonna break my foot up on your ass." <laughs> so it just keeps going on in him not breaking, doing that kind of dialogue. <laughs> that's. All, go watch it after this. I never thought of Artie Lang as a great actor, but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> oh, he is he's fantastic. This is the role he was born to play, a man possessed by a black woman. <laughs> Give me my tuna and cheese. <laughs> Sounding out nonsense. But that's how she talks. It's like all caps. Every sentence includes the word honky and mofa, which is a motherfucker where you can't where you have mush mouth. Yeah. Um it's so ridiculous, and there's so much of it. There's so much of it. It's like a third well, of the book. She's, she's really turns into like Doctor Ghetto and Ms. High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and um, and and uh, the the crazy one, Detta Walker, is a shoplifter. <laughs> yes, even though she's she's rich. Well, Detta's not rich. Because neither of them knows the other one exists. Well, they will soon. They will. The end of the book. Uh, <laughs> so then they meet her. And uh, I oh, completely yeah. I, forget what happens. I just know it was so dumb. She's shoplifting at Macy's or wherever. And Roland takes over while he leaves him his physical body in the lobster world. And Eddie's like, fuck you, man. I'm going to kill you. It's like, all right, whatever, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go because I know you won't do it. You're a good boy, and then he possesses her, and she's psychically battling him. Like, get out of my head, Mofa. And <laughs> she's robbing shit, and then um, because he takes over, like a security guard sees, and then he wheels her really, really fast into the changing room, and then they go into the portal to the other world, and then she's fucking racist. <laughs> <laughs> Not like she is racist, like her character, the fact that her character exists. She is, is also <laughs> racist, but yes. She calls them things I never heard, like gray meat. She, she calls, calls them gray meat a lot. Again, that is. is that a thing? It might be. I'm going to get put on the list for looking this up, but let's see. Gray meat is a derogatory term for white people, referring to the bloodless color of their flesh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wait, wait. <laughs> but did Stephen King invent it? Invent that? I think no. Uh, no. He did some. He did research. He asked the one black person in Maine. <laughs> there was a. I like the. Um, this is the Urban Dictionary version. It says can be considered a, speci- a specifically racialized version of long pig. And wow. the guess, guess what the uh, guess what the um, example sentence is. I hope it's in this. Get the fuck out of here, gray meat. <laughs> <laughs> that really explains. Like, yeah, well, see, I, really I think Stephen King invented it, and it's just it's just become a thing. <laughs> His writing probably because it's never really cease. stupid. <laughs> That's why I think he he invented it. No, I I I don't I don't know the um the etymology. <laughs> also, there's someone on TikTok named Graymeat. <laughs> oh no, that's just if you look for Graymeat on TikTok. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, there is someone on Twitch named Graymeat, though. I don't want to see that either. Very interesting channel. Oh, but there's a <laughs> there's a song on Spotify called Graymeat by the artist Vanessa Beans. <laughs> 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 I need to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa Beans is a person. <laughs> oh no, it's the okay. Beans is the artist. Or the album, and Vanessa is the other one. I don't know. Never mind. I was really hopeful. There's so many Vanessa Beans out there. <laughs> well, there's there's no Vanessa Beans here, but there yeah, are but two. But Meat apparently is a real thing up. that people say. Not that it comes out of people. It. No one we know is going <laughs> to say the word Meat To us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're in, their, uh, in the new world, and Eddie has gone cold turkey long enough that he no longer has physical. He's gone through withdrawal. But they're all getting scurvy. (laughs) Yeah, because they're eating just lobster with no butter. Uh, (laughs) uh, Well, if they had lemon butter, maybe they wouldn't get scurvy. (laughs) They definitely wouldn't. (laughs) And he is smitten with Odetta. He falls in love with her right away because he's not a foot guy. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, he is an inner thighs guy. Uh. And so then he finds out a little bit about her story and how she has brick-induced schizophrenia. (laughs) And then they just start pushing her. And I forget how she switches back to the crazy one. She just switches sometimes. But then she spent the rest of the, basically the rest of the book is it's just a crazy fucking one. Well, Roland's telling him, like, you need to be careful because the other one is a psycho bitch and she'll kill us. And he's like, okay, cool. But also Roland's getting sick again. Because he didn't take enough. He didn't finish his antibiotics course, which we're always supposed to do, and no one ever does. They just say, I feel better now. I'm just going to throw these away. Uh, <laughs> and that's why we have so many antibiotic-resistant diseases now. Fucking Roland. Thanks. <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> Thanks, Roland. Goddamn gray meat right in piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> you think you put hashtag gray meat on Instagram while I get put on a list? <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, know what? Really I'll, weird I'll, subsection of a. Uh... You know, I'll, I'll tag our next tweet. <laughs> Hashtag Graybeat. <laughs> See what happens. Someone would have to look at our tweets for it to matter. <laughs> which which are the uh, which are the most uh, racist birds? Oh boy, I don't know. Or geese, because they're honkies. <laughs> 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 is every car oh. racist? Who's what? Like when you cross the street and when they're like it's like honk honky. 
Oh, see, Stephen King should have included these. <laughs> they would fit perfectly. Clown noses too. Here, <laughs> so then they begin a long series of just pushing a fucking antiquated wheelchair on sand. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been terrible. <laughs> I don't think that even works at all. I don't think it, you could do that. It, it's, it's just like skids. It's difficult. Like the wheels probably don't turn. And one of them is grab. dying of blood poisoning. And he's just, I'll be fine. <laughs> I just need a sandwich. <laughs> he's down to like three, because well, all his bullets got oh. wet, and well, apparently... It, it, I would say he's still going because he's very pugnacious. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> Detta is definitely pugnacious. There, there are, yeah, multiple pugnacious characters. In fact, almost all of them. This is uh, Pugnacious Pale Ale by Fifth Hammer. She's not so pale, though. She's not... A t- <laughs> The green meat the is pale guys. <laughs> anyway, this is a six percent, a gray lager, pale pale ale. <laughs> uh, it's pale ale. Yeah, it's yeah, nice. Yeah. They are correct. <laughs> yeah. Although, when you think pugnacious, you think like you know pugs, strong. You think aggressive. like yeah, you too. know aggressive and yeah. This is not an aggressive flavor. It's a very does it taste like pugs? Nice, Wait, smooth. What's the picture on there? It's a, it's a dog. See, it's pug. a pug. But he looks like, a, taste, he looks like a... If you were to lick yeah. a pug, that's what it would taste like. It would taste smooth. Does yes. the, does the they don't have long beer hair. have like a breathing problem because of its fucked up face? You know, I opened the can. I should let it breathe. Yeah. <laughs> It does have a stout only, uh, like Pour it, in, pour it into a glass so it can breathe. <laughs> Can't let it get too excited. <laughs> they also have bad farts. It's a dog. I yeah, they all have but bad like, farts. Pugs too. and bulldogs have bad farts because of their breathing issues. <laughs> they keep sucking they, in all the air. They swallow a lot of air. Yeah. <laughs> so they just fart. Is it, the, is it that the, the quantity of the farts is bad? I, I don't know. I don't know where on the bell curve they fall. But well, I think any quantity is bad. Dog farts are generally <laughs> heinous. <Of course> <laughs> well, if you eat just dog food, what do you expect to come out of you? Like a bunch of old meat I found in a river. <laughs> That's what dog meat is mainly, right? That's what their fucking farts smell like. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, I always when I think about dog farts, which I do often. <laughs> I always think of the uh, Family Guy, where I forget what the setup is because it doesn't matter in Family Guy. But the the very Jewish stereotypy pharmacist Mort. and Brian are there, and more yeah. And Brian sniffs a dog's ass, and he's like, "Why did you do that?" And he's like, "It smelled like cookies." And he goes, really? <laughs> and he goes next to the. And he goes, "Oh, she farted and it went down my throat." That's what I think about. <laughs> Like, what a horrible experience that has to be. It was humid. <laughs> it's like taking an oh. inhaler hit. God, lay off the kibbles, dog. Oh, there were bits in that one. Jewish dogs eat kibbits. Kibbits and bits. Yeah. It's a, a dog, Jewish dog food, for sure. <laughs> after the so after, dog fart jokes, I don't know where we were. <laughs> so after pushing Detta slash Odetta on the sand for days... He fi- they finally come to the third door. No, they don't come to the third door. It's evident that pushing her sucks, 
and <laughs> Roland is going to fucking die. So they take, he decides to leave Roland, and then they act out that, like, word problem where you have, like, a chicken, a fox, and a thing of grain. <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you get it over a bridge? <laughs> Across a river in a boat, yeah. Whatever. There are many versions of this. Classic <laughs> of fifth grade classrooms, I'm sure. So you have to take, so he's like, all right, I will, I being Eddie, Eddie will take Odetta, Odetta, whoever it is, to the door. Because it must the be close. Leave her there. And where they also the act, they also <laughs> act out the old joke. Where do you find a dog with no legs? Wherever you left it. <laughs> <laughs> then he leaves her there at the door, and Roland's like, "One rule, dude: don't give her any of my guns." And he's like, "Got it." That's racist, gonna... Roland. <laughs> Roland though. Doesn't he does make one comment about like dark skinned people and he's like the all the dark skinned people like this or something I forget what it was now I don't remember that but at all. he uh, you know he's like oh there's you know it's like as if he did he know about black people in his <laughs> fucked up world there's they exist they do okay yeah. so then um, Eddie takes you there but now I think she's like the right, the nice person again for this little spell yeah he because then he Eddie leaves her as Odetta. When right, he was right, about right. to get Roland, and he's like, "You stupid bitch! You left her with a gun." He's like, "Shut up, gray meat." That's our <laughs> word. Um, and then they go back, and she's gone. And he's like, "Where'd she go? She's got no legs." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, she's gone. That means Detta is back, and she's got a gun, and she's an angry lady." Uh, I like uh, her. At one point, she's described as having a mind uh, that is as ugly as a rat's ass. Which aren't that ugly. I mean, in the, in, the, in the kingdom of asses, I guess they're, they're not the they're most the upper, They're in the upper quartile. And, uh, oh, I think I found the quote you were talking about, how racist it sounds, where, I'm, this is a quote, I'm not making, these are not my words. <laughs> she sounds like a cross between the darkies in this book called Mandingo, I read once. Yeah. And Butterfly McQueen in Gone with the Wind. Yeah, it is, it's a... It's a staggering caricature. Mofa. And uh, then they have to go in the door, but the door won't open until Eddie... Only uh, Roland can open the door. And these two other people are hanging around. He's like, all right, Eddie, just hang out. I'm going to go in this door and get this last guy real quick. And uh, just keep your eyes open for a legless black woman. We're on a depopulated beach. You should be able to find her. Spoiler. He does. (laughs) 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 So then he goes in, and this time, the door of death. But it's called The Pusher. Salt um, and pepper. Which, you know, Eddie is probably <laughs> like, oh, I need someone to push me some uh, some cocaine, you know what I'm saying? It's a it's the guy who pushed Odetta onto the tracks and who pushed the brick on, or threw the brick onto her head uh, all those years earlier, right? He's just a, a weird accountant slash uh, Pants sociopath guy. Because he comes in his pants every time he does a violence. Is that what happens? Is he? Oh, you missed that part? He like drops the brick and he's like, then he came in his pants. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle. (laughs) No, no, it's Stephen King. There's no subtlety allowed. I'm sure there's a whole paragraph I skimmed, like gooey ropes of jism. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a sticky gecko you get out of a 25 cent vending machine (laughs) of just cum and masculinity. Caking the inside of his pants where his Johnson sat. 
and his testicles were sweaty, and they and puckered with joy. Shrunk down to walnuts. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna word search came or come and see what I get. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just you know where where do you, where's the come in this? Let's find. Okay, come. No no matches for come. I'm not sure if you spelt it that way. Uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. I had to search for came in because there's too many cames because that's a normal thing. But uh, <laughs> he was wearing a sweatshirt much too big for him, one that almost went down to mid-thigh. This bag of a garment would help confuse the actual size and shape of his body. He was quite thin, should it be observed. It served another purpose as well. Whenever he depth-charged someone, for that was always thought of as depth-charging, he came in his pants. <laughs> The baggy sweatshirt also covered the wet spot, which invariably formed on his jeans. <laughs> oh, I do remember this now. Yeah, I, I, I was struck by the phrase depth charging, which sounds like what happened to Eddie's asshole several times <laughs> in the book. Oh, he came during that, too. <laughs> so, uh, Jack Mort is this guy. Uh, he likes to Jack Mort. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, he jacks when he kills. To death. <laughs> he... He like it's interesting. He has like this reprehensible character, but he actually once he's introduced, he doesn't do anything. This is Roland just it, takes over his body. It, Roland just puppeteers him, yeah, yeah, and takes him on a ridiculous Terminator style adventure. And then there, there's a super long thing about basically getting guns. No, both the first the medicine, then the guns. Right or no, was bullets, it the other way he gets, bullets, he gets the he gets bullets, the first. Then he gets the bullets yeah, right, and the right, guns, right. and then he goes to the pharmacy to rob them for generic antibiotics, which the very Jewish pharmacist fetches about the whole time. <laughs> so he he, ha- he yes, but first to get the guns, he has to go this whole long elaborate enough. thing about pretending to drop his like gun license, but it's not there, it was, and then all this stuff, so goes, and then he, he ends up like. Going in, like, he, he accuses, kill, he, hitting, he brings the these, cops, these two cops. Yeah, he brings the cops in because he accuses the gun store guy of robbing him so that he can then knock out the cops and steal the guns. He bonks their heads together like and coconuts, then, like it's fucking home alone. Le- yes, exactly. And <laughs> then he leaves <laughs> cash on the counter. Like, oh, by the way, here's here's some money for it. Like, oh my God. Oh, yeah, you are. Uh, and then well, he, he walks understand this world. down the block to the pharmacy to get the, to get the medicine and then basically robs the place but in, and then leaves the Rolex, you know, behind. Like, oh, I'm just going to pay for it anyway. Because he didn't need the, that Rolex. Yeah. is meaningless to him. Also, this yeah, this, this will stuff. be good enough, uh, you know, and then the... Hook-nosed pharmacist is like, oh, nobody saw that, and he puts it for the counter. It's like, was that necessary? The guy has to be like grimy at Katz's pharmacy. Yeah, but it's Stephen King, so yes. But Next then the cops Katz's wake delicatessen. up. <laughs> so um, their sandwiches are full of antibiotics. The cops show up then, and they just have like a shotgun, and they just this part's probably the most realistic part of the of the book. They just start shooting anything. <laughs> Like, like, just blindly shooting a shotgun into the store. Which <laughs> Roland feels is uh, a gross negligence of duty. He, he identifies them as fellow gunslingers. And then he realizes they are not. And so hello, he fellow, incapacitates hello them man. without effort. He shoots, their, he shoots their guns out of their hands again, right? 
He shoots the security guard's gun out of his hands. Oh, and, and then and the cops, he just sneaks up and just... knife out of his hand. Yeah, and he, he bashes him on the head or some shit and says, goodbye. And he runs to the choo-choo. Yeah. And, you tell, and he then he, the... he pilots the meat suit that is... <laughs> Aren't we all technically Jack just piloting Mort. meat suits? He keeps consulting the Mort Cyclopedia or whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. Because he, he just like looks into Mort's head like, what is the word for this thing? I don't know. Like, ah, yes, phone booth, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> He's like, take me to the subway where you push that black lady and came really hard in my hands. <laughs> and so he pilots the meat suit that is Jack Mort down to the, across town and then to the subway. And then... And he gets shot by a cop in the lighter and he bursts into flames. <laughs> Which yeah, is not how it. that would work at all. I think, uh, I think something else happens in the middle of it. I forget what it was. Because he, he gets shot in the part? lighter, but then he takes the cop out and says, like, hey, you're pretty good. Just stay here. I don't want to kill you. You're a good gunslinger. But you need a long explanation as to why Jack Mort doesn't smoke, but still carries a lighter. Because that was important. dollar lighter. Yeah, that, that mm-hmm. was important. Yeah. He's a really successful CPA. <laughs> 1978 or whatever this part is. It's to it's burn off all and the cum. Gets, like, literally burst into flames Punches. and then has to, like, jump down to the tracks in front of a subway car and then dies. But right before he dies, Roland jumps out of his body with all the bullets and the antibiotics. Carrying an armful of, like, like now that they don't have fucking plastic bags at stores, like how I leave every <laughs> they store. Still it like, was the 80s. <laughs> like a hard, but like, you know, like a whole bunch of shit. Like, <laughs> like, I got a whole bunch of crap here. I forgot my bag today. I can only yeah, go, I've only got one trip. I can't go back downstairs for these. <laughs> but somehow in the process, this exposes Detta and Odetta to each other. How because that she that is waiting out the door looking at him and she's going to kill Eddie who she's snuck up on because he's dumb and uh, whacked him or something. She's waiting for the lobsters to eat him. Yeah. She's waiting for the lobsters to eat him and she's going to kill the really, really bad man. And then when she looks into the door, she sees what Roland is seeing, which is her. But what she sees is Detta because she doesn't know what she looks like. And suddenly they can both see that they're in the same body and they have a, you know, the Hollywood version of fixing their schizophrenia. It's like the movie Identity? It's just like Identity, yes. And so then they... One of her bodies is Ray Liotta. (laughs) (laughs) Then they combine, they do the fusion dance. They do Captain Planet. The Voltron move. (laughs) And they become one super personality, Susanna Dean, or whatever the fuck her name was. Susanna Susanna was their middle name, so she just went by her middle name. Susanna Holmes. And she and Eddie get married while she's unconscious or something. Is she Susanna is she Dean yet, though? She, she becomes like, Susanna Dean because they are together now, and they're you know oh. Roland is the Justice of the Peace. He did. They did. They did bang under the stars. He's so. captain of the ship. They knocked boots, but like there were no boots. <laughs> My air fives. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. She went very weak in the knees. <laughs> and so then she comes to her senses and uh, saves him from the lobsters. And um, and then they're they're done. And she Basically, says that was about. really great. <laughs> that guy doesn't have a leg to stand on. <laughs> and then he takes a bunch of antibiotics, and they all she's like, don't hey, get scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, 
there's three of us now. We drew them. Yeah, but it's not even three. <laughs> well, three was the was Jack. He was he was the third. Yeah, but like he's never even part of the party. It's no, like, but it says the third door was death, but not for you. So he had to die. But that's fucking okay. It's magic. Why don't you just skip that door. Magic. Well, he needed the uh, stuff. He needed the goods. You could have just you have just gone through one of the other doors again. Like at that point, like the heat must have been off on the Italian murder <laughs> scenes. Like, <laughs> I also don't know what year it was. It's also an entirely different year. Yeah, <laughs> that so, hadn't happened yet. They uh, they walk away and they eat deer for the first time. They're like, "Oh my god! Finally, it's now it's surf and turf." <laughs> <laughs> just eating nothing but lobster for months. My teeth are falling out of my skull. Yeah. <laughs> now I have this lovely deer with all the vitamins, which Thank I guess has god. more vitamins in it. Oh, they were also eating nothing but grasses. And then the he woke up and like, not not that grass. That's <laughs> makes it poop. That's devil weed. It's wacky tobacco. Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking old. <laughs> we old, use those to make jazz cigarettes. Reefer madness type of wine. <laughs> and then it ends. And, and, and of course, like, Eddie's like, hey, Roland, wouldn't you, you would fucking totally kill us in a second if it helped your journey, right? Just to clarify. And he's like, probably, yeah. And he's like, you suck. But he goes, I love you guys. Bring it in. <laughs> and that's what that's. <laughs> the end. Right? It's basically it. Yeah, that is the end. And then you're like, okay, well, okay, that's cool. Uh, that was a good 500 pages. Yes, it was. Crap. So as weird as it was, it was definitely less confusing than book one. Oh, This yes. was pretty clear cut, yeah. It made internal it sense. Like, you could follow what was happening, despite it being weird, Oh, there's just a door on the beach, and he goes to the door, and then he is like in the mind of the guy on the airplane. Okay, that makes way more sense of the entire first book. Yes. So it was fine. It was fine. Uh, I thought it was dumb, <laughs> but it was okay, I guess. I liked my, it. <laughs> my standards were low. Not a surprise. I knew Jimmy liked it because, you know, he said this is his favorite thing. But uh, my standards were low going in, so uh, my expectations were low, I meant. So I was like, uh, it was fine. It was a step up from book one. It's still essentially they're gathering in the Shire before, they're, before they leave. <laughs> yeah, that makes me really left not excited about reading any more of them. Oh, they only get longer. I know. I know. Like, I can't even describe scenes coming up without ruining it. I could give you, like, three-word sentences about each scene that would make you say, I hate that I have to read this, but I don't want (laughs) to ruin it, and how angry you're going to be. You know, I already hate that I have to read it, so (laughs) it's fine. Well, in that case, just wait till you get to the train riddles. (laughs) Oh, boy. Great. <laughs> Train riddles. Oh yeah, couldn't even. Yeah, I don't even know what that could possibly mean, and I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I'll find out next year. Never fucking convinced. I don't remember which one, one that. That might be. The, that might be the next one, or it might the be the one after. I don't really don't remember. Next one. To be honest, if we're gonna do another one, sooner is better. If in there, sooner rather than later is better. Because yeah. well, what do you have to remember from this one? They got the gang together. They got three. It's true. Because there are I mean, five right. more. 
plus plus uh, like two side quills, right? There's... Uh, there, there's another. There's a there's a book four and a half, but it's not necessary. What's the last? There's the one from the keyhole or something. Went through the like keyhole, that? yeah. That's not. There's nine titles, I think, right? There's seven books. I guess there's yeah. There's nine, but one is like. One time they're all at a campfire and I said, Roland, tell us about a thing back in the day. And he tells them about a thing, but it's not, it's not important. It's, it's not necessary to the overall story, so you don't need to read that one. But it's, it's still 800 pages? Yes. Is that Wind Through the Key? <laughs> Wind Through the Key is only 340 that, pages. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's long for you know, a you know, interspersed side quest. And one of, the, one of the main books entirely is a flashback to his childhood, but that one's actually quite good. It's one of the best ones. Is that Sisters of Illyria? Wolves of the Cala? No. Oh. Um, I think it's... Maybe it is Wolves of the Cala. I don't remember which one. I think Wolves of the... Dark Tower 5 is Wolves of the Cala. I think it's the Little Sisters of Illoria. No, that's not even a... That's not even one of them. I'm looking at Wikipedia. What? What is that? The Dark Tower series. There are nine books listed. With Sisters of Eloria? What the fuck is that? I don't think that's... Oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm just telling you. I'm reading the word unless this has been... Did you skip one and not notice? You missed out? I don't know. Oh, shitty, shitty I don't thing. think. At least I don't remember it. Oh, that's... Oh, okay. That's... Oh, this is some sort of like point five. This is like that, that Witcher thing where it's like be, before the story begins, it's like a little story. Wizard in Glass. I think Wizard in Glass... That's number four. That's number four. Yeah, Wizard and Glass is the one that's mostly a flashback. Oh, good thing that's the longest one. Yes, it is. <laughs> Remember we had that at home as a But kid? only barely. It's only 40 pages longer than the book seven. But it's, it's a massive book. I don't know why my dad had a copy. He never read it. But I remember this giant fucking book. Just that book, not the other I think it must have been like one, either like someone he, like maybe he stole from somebody or someone led to him or something, but... It was just on our shelf when they moved. It might still be in their house. I, I mean, know. honestly, you could read just Wizard and Glass, and you might not get, like, the, the framing. It'd be kind of weird. Oh, that's the one with the, the train. Never mind. Uh, but most of it is just a flashback about when he was a kid, and it, you know, it comes together with, like, stuff that happens later, but it's, um, it, 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 it's very good. But it is, like, a standalone, almost. It's like a backstory. I think Wolves of the Cala is a little slow. Can't wait to read it. <laughs> and I guess the who should read it question is... If you like Stephen King, yeah. you like these. So I will admit to being, in, for this book at least, I, I was interested in finding out what happened next and not just confused, which is what I felt the whole way through Gunslinger. So I was interested in finding out what happened next. So I was like, I, w- I didn't dislike reading it. And I am a little bit curious about what happens next, I guess. Like, I didn't hate this. It does get weirder and weirder and more interesting. I also don't want to click on this. Oh, that's, that's, the, that's my white mama club. Oh, okay. <laughs> to watch that later. That's homework. <laughs> Got it. So it gets weirder. Of course well, of it gets weirder. It's Stephen King. This was just introducing the characters, and it was always like, this is already just weird as shit. I mean, as always... We say, like, it gets weirder, but he does have an interesting imagination, and he comes up with all of this new stuff. It, yeah. Cocaine helps, that but is he why. also <laughs> comes up with all of this new stuff that is at least inventive. That's why I like these, is they're, 
they they're they're not always greatly written, almost never greatly written, but they are very inventive. And he like, clearly does like I'm just gonna do whatever sounds cool and is weird and interesting, and I don't give a fuck. Let's do it. I'm like, sometimes that works terribly, but sometimes it works great, and that's why I like Stephen King. And the Dark Towers are his like, I think the most so of like that. We're just like, it's going to get weird and you're just going to have to deal with that. <laughs> and they're long <laughs> and no one can stop me. Ugh. So who should read it? Uh, can I, can I, mean, I just say apparently one? if you love Stephen King, this is the thing to read. But if you love Stephen King and if you like fantasy, but you're willing to branch out beyond wizards and elves, though there are wizards in this, there are no elves. And glass. There will be <laughs> vampires also. Because well, he used to tie, this is isn't this the kind of thing he uses to tie all of his fucking books together? Basically? Yes. So like there, there there are characters from other books that will become characters in this series. I did just look up what is the worst Stephen King book? Because <laughs> I is it Christine? Heard, no, no. Wow. Uh, it did, I was trying to find. Uh, I was trying to think of a punishment book, and I thought Jimmy likes Stephen King. Maybe it'd be a good punishment to make him read the worst Stephen King book. I'll still think it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it's probably. You know, I, there's some obscure ones you've never fucking ever heard of. But I like, uh, according to Screen Rant, The Gunslinger is his worst novel. <laughs> so, well, well, I mean, I, I know that's not true. Because I've read worse Stephen King than The Gunslinger. Like Dreamcatcher? Or, uh, I never read Dreamcatcher. Under the Dome, people tend to hate, I think. Oh, yeah, I don't read that one either. But he, he has a, a thousand books. There There's definitely like that ones one that he didn't even finish that he was putting out in serial form in the early internet days. Mm. I forgot what it was called. Don't matter. I did not like this, but it was... Did you not like name. it at all? Or you just not fine. like the writing? I don't like his writing. I also just think like it's too long by half. Well, that's always Stephen King. And it's just like, all right, this is just a really long prologue still. Like... Yes. The next book, I'm just reading the wiki because it's been so fucking long. It does, the the real story does like begin, begin, where you find out like more about the world. But there's, you know, they still got, there's still a lot of important characters that haven't showed up yet. So we're like 700 or 800 pages in and like we're like, okay, the, the time main book. story. <laughs> well, yeah, actually that's not even, that's that's basically the first book. You're right. But... <laughs> Okay, so wait, hold on. I'll get back to that because it is fantasy. But yeah. we're like 700, 800 pages into the gun, into the Dark Tower series. And we're like, oh, the main story is about to begin. Where, at least with uh, the Wheel of Time, it definitely, the main story is definitely not just foreshadowed in like chapter one, you know, and definitely all through the very beginning of the first book, but really like the first book sets up what is going to be the plot for the entire series. And sure, a whole bunch of other stuff is going to happen in the meantime, but like, you know, it's, you you, you kind of know what's going to happen in the last, in the last scene of the last book. Yeah, well, that's true of this in one, the first too. Book. This is, I've got to get to the Dark well, Tower. I'm going to go get it. Yeah. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, that's well, the story. Okay, I guess you're right. A bunch of shit happens in between, and it's weird and fucked up, but the story is, I'm going to the tower. i got to get these people. Whatever happens, happens, but that's that's the plot. 
I mean, just the Wheel of Time is more. Not that I'm trying to defend. I mean, it, the Wheel of Time is also what fifteen books. Lord of the Rings. It's more like is more like, you know, conventional fantasy. If you think of this as this. seven books and what it's you know three thousand, four thousand pages or something. Yeah, sounds about. Right. I think forty two hundred pages. Forty three hundred pages, and this is the first seven hundred. That's the first fifteen percent. That's kind of standard. It's long as fuck. I'm, I've never would never say otherwise. It is long as fuck, and it is too long a lot of times. I say as someone who loves it, but it is too long as for sometimes. But if you're thinking of it as one giant story, that's that's what it is. I mean, at least at this point in Lord of the Rings, this many this far in, they were done eating fucking breakfast. Uh, well, what about second breakfast? I think they were <laughs> past the meal complaints. <laughs> no, those went through the whole book. It's true. Lembus bread again? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. So I, take out I, your potato I oven. <laughs> I, I'm I am a tiny bit curious to see what happens. Because I think, as I was saying before, much earlier in the episode, it's a shitty way to write an epic to just fucking wing it. So I'm curious to see where he takes it. Um but I don't I'm not thrilled. I'm not like I could wait. <laughs> Like I'd like to, I would like to finish it at some point, just so I hate not finishing things. We'll definitely so I, finish it, because I love these books. And I admit, this one was not as good as I remembered it. I lowered it to four stars, and it's from five, this time around, because I've read a lot more. But that's because, because it's, it's, it's still just setting up, setting up, setting up. Oh, and a lot of racist shit. <laughs> yeah, luckily that doesn't really come back. Oh, thank God. Well, I mean, oh, that character no. is gone, so. I mean, uh, it might come back for a minute. But for the most part, that's gone. <laughs> There's plenty of other weird shit. Plenty of other really, really, really weird shit. You know, we haven't gotten to the creepy sex stuff yet. And there's well, plenty of that. Not Stephen King books, we do. But until then, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at drunkguysbookclub. And if you've listened this long, why not head over to uh, Patreon support the podcast there? Or, uh, Leave us a review wherever you're listening. Just round up to five stars. One for every time they eat a lobster in this book. And you can also join us on Goodreads to become part of our quartet. <laughs> oh, yeah, they kept on with this fucking ka. Quartet. Ka. Which is the Egyptian word for soul. Destiny. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.